Dive into our latest courses designed to enhance your bond with your furry friend. Whether you're a seasoned owner or a new puppy parent, there's something for everyone at dogspeak101.com. Don't miss out on this limited-time offer. Enroll now and take the first step toward a happier, well-behaved dog. Visit dogspeak101.com to browse our course catalog. Get 10% off all courses through February the 14th. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak Podcast. I am Nikki Ivey, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Welcome to episode four of our Dog Speak podcast. Last week we talked about puppy behavior with housebreaking and chewing and biting and appropriate play items that you needed to have, everything to kind of set you up for success in the home. And I hope that things are going well for you. Today I want to talk about what your puppy needs outside of the home. The importance of getting your dog socialized and giving him plenty of exposure to the real world. Now, getting dogs out to socialize as puppies uh, can be very controversial when it comes to talking with veterinarians about getting all their vaccines and, you know, keeping them away from dogs that they don't know. The problem is, is that people take that and they think, well, I can't get my dog anywhere until they get all the vaccines, so I just have to keep them here at home. And that is not the truth. The fact is, is that it is very, very bad for the dog to be isolated in those first couple of months that you have them. It is imperative that you start to expose the dog to the things that you want him to be comfortable with in those first couple of months. Reality is, is that for socialization with a dog, to socialize with people, you want to make sure that you socialize them with about 300 people by three months of age. Now, for most people, they don't get their dog until eight weeks. So that leaves you very little time only one month to get your dog socialized to about 300 people and different types of people, children, uh, toddlers, babies, elderly people, um, handicapped people, uh, tall people, men with beards, women with hats. Um, You know, you want to make sure that you are really exposing your dog and you're probably wondering, well, how am I going to do that before my dog gets all of his vaccines? Really what you want to watch for is you don't want your dog to go places where possible stray or sick animals could be. So you wouldn't want to take them to um, a generic park and let them just run free without their vaccines. However, there are easy ways to socialize out in public without exposing your dog to possible diseases. For example, you can easily go sit in the parking lot of a pet store with your windows rolled down in a place where people have to pass and when they see your dog, your puppy, they're going to be excited about the puppy. They're going to want to talk to the puppy. They're going to want to see the puppy and your dog could easily start getting socialized just right there in the car and having that positive experience with people. 
Another thing you can do is carry them into um, a home improvement store. Put them in the basket. Uh, let them ride in the basket to meet the employees and the you know those that are shopping there. You can easily carry, if you have a small dog, you can carry them everywhere. And they even sell strollers for dogs. And our service dog organization actually does give all of our puppy raisers strollers so that they could get their dogs out to expose and to socialize the second that they get into the home. Because dogs will absolutely soak in every positive thing you can give them those first four to eight weeks that they're in the home. So you need to make a point to make those situations positive and you need to make a point to get them out to as many different things as possible. And of course, you can always throw a puppy party at home where you invite people over, um, throw some burgers on the grill and let everybody pass your puppy around and play with your puppy. Um, and that's good socialization. But it is so crucial that you have to socialize your dog so that we don't have these problems of fear and aggression towards humans as they grow older. So as you can see, there are many safe ways to socialize your dog uh, so that is that first thing I want to get out of the way and, and I want to get into this a little bit more so that you understand that it's not just socializing. It's not just letting people run up and grab your dog and love on them and pet on them, but it's about making every situation a positive situation and making the dog want to see people and be interested in people that are approaching. So that's the first part that we're going to get into today. And then I want to get into um, exposure to different things in your environment. If you know that you have kids that play soccer, then you need to go ahead and expose your dog to screaming kids, balls that are being kicked, clapping hands, cheering. Um, you need to go ahead and get them out early. You know, expose them to things like a thunderstorm. I know that with uh, my pup, when it is... A storm is coming and you can hear the thunder I'm gonna take my dog out to potty and I'm gonna take my dog out to do some some rewards and some training just to play and do some different things where my pup is hearing the thunder but associating positive things with it I'm not gonna allow the dog to all of a sudden just get shocked by this thunder and when they're naturally scared pick them up hold them coddle them baby them which basically is going to communicate to them that there is a reason they should be scared of that really weird noise up in the air. Um, and we're also going to talk a little bit about dealing with people in the environment and dealing with people that want to say hi to your puppy so that we make sure to keep your puppy safe and we make sure that we keep your puppy um, in a state of mind to where they can accept all the positivity and that we're not wearing them out and, and causing them to get frustrated or so tired that everything is kind of a negative for them. So we're going to get into all of that. I am so glad that you guys are with me today. And, and if you have questions, always, you know, shoot us an email, info at dogspeak101.com. If you have ideas of things that you would like to listen to on the podcast, shoot us an email. You know what? I, I will look at it. We'll read it. And if it's something that we can do, we will absolutely put something together for you. Uh, we want you to be able to learn as much as you can from these podcasts. Um, you know, obviously these podcasts are not going to substitute 
uh, finding a professional trainer that uses positive reinforcement um, and uses force-free techniques to train you and your dog. But it's definitely something I think that can help you to create good habits because it really is about you and creating those good habits so that whatever environment you get into or whatever situation you and your dog get into, you don't have to think about what you need to do. It just becomes automatic because we know that the dog is not going to be perfect in all situations. So we have to make sure that we are. That way we've got something for the dog to mirror and we're not freaking out like the dog um, and essentially mirroring the dog. So, all right, let's take a quick break and I'll come back and we will absolutely get started on socializing your puppy. All right, so the first thing that you're going to need to do is to make sure that your puppy responds very well to your verbal marker, which is your good boy or good girl. If you have not conditioned your verbal marker, you need to go back to um, episode two and listen to that so that you can learn how to condition your verbal marker. That verbal marker is going to be absolutely crucial when you are taking your dog out in public for socialization and exposure. You want to use that verbal marker to tell your dog that they are doing a great job and that there are certain things that can actually earn them rewards by, say, getting petted by a stranger. That can earn you a reward. And that's where you, that verbal marker wants to come in play. So if you've not conditioned your verbal marker, go back and do it. If you have to do it you know, a couple of times, that's fine. And then start using that verbal marker around the house so that the dog really hears it when it's in public. Because here's the thing. You take your puppy out in public. Between all the senses that your dog has, being in public for a puppy is equivalent to you being at a heavy metal concert. Okay, that heavy metal concert is happening. You got people talking around you. You got the band is playing. Um, I mean, there are people, you know, crowding you and, and people that are maybe dancing weird or maybe they're dancing great. And, and your attention is going to all of these things and you're trying to process everything at once. With our human brain, as smart as we are and as, as capable as we are, we still struggle with that. You know, so don't be surprised that when your puppy gets out and the first time that it's being exposed to something that it's not necessarily tuning into you as well as it would at home. That's normal. But if you have a good verbal marker where that dog knows that a lot of things good happen, like yummy rewards, yummy food, happens when they hear that verbal marker, that verbal marker is going to tend to, to get into your head, into their head, a little bit faster. You know, just like, well, for me personally, if I'm at a concert... I'm listening to the music, I'm watching people dance, I'm hearing this person sing over to my left, and all of a sudden, I hear the person walk by and says, cold beer, cold beer, get your cold beer here. Well, you know, I'm a beer fan. And that cold beer words, those get right into my head and everything else gets blocked out because cold beer is a positive reinforcement for me. It's a nice reward. And so I hear that and I immediately put my attention on that. So we want to make... Your dog hear that verbal marker and think, oh, yeah, there's a chance here. I'm going to get something good, so I'm going to really pay attention to that. And then I'm going to figure out what I did to make that verbal happen so that I can earn more of that. 
So now that we're set up with our verbal marker and we understand how we are going to use it, there's one more command that I want to go ahead and start putting into play during the first bit of socialization. I always want to make sure that my dog understands that I am giving them permission to say hello to either a stranger or to another dog. This is going to help me in the future when I am walking my dog through crowds or my dog is off leash. I want to make sure that my dog understands that there is a permission word, so a command that they need to receive before they can get attention from a human or another dog. We personally use the word greet, and that is what we teach our clients as well as our service dogs. They get the word greet, and that basically says you may go say hello to that person or to that dog. So when someone approaches, they typically ask, may I say hi to your puppy? And I will say absolutely, and if my puppy's being good. And when they're young, they are typically really good because they don't know what's happening. I give the dog the greet command, and then I allow the person to pet and love on their dog. It is so important that when that stranger is loving on your dog, that you are not just standing there quietly with a big grin on your face. You need to make sure you are verbally marking that behavior with your dog while they're getting petted. So if your dog is, is being petted and they're not biting on this human, I'm going to sit there and be going, what a good puppy you are. That's a good puppy. Oh, good pup. And I'm going to be treating at the same time. If the dog is jumping on that person, I want to make sure to interrupt that behavior, but we're going to get more into that. But if I've got four on the floor, they've got four feet in that basket, or whatever the case may be, that they're doing a behavior I like while they're getting petted, I'm going to be acknowledging that behavior like crazy. I want my dog to know that out of all the people in this world, I am the most rewarding. And you'll find that what happens a lot of times is when you start doing that, your puppy will approach someone and you will start verbally marking good behavior. They will turn and look at you. Therefore, they're getting their butt scratched by the person and getting treats by you. And this prevents biting. It also will prevent jumping. And, um, and that's important because you know you can't trust the humans to stop petting for jumping or stop petting for biting. So you've got to make sure that you always communicate to your dog that you are the most rewarding person in this world. And that even though you're giving them other rewards to see, you're still going to be rewarding them like crazy. Another thing you must be aware about is not allowing strangers to pet your dog during those moments of behavior that you do not want. It is so normal that when I'm out with a puppy, or any dog for that matter, if I'm allowing that dog to greet and that dog jumps, you know, if, if you say, oh, please don't pet him while he's jumping, the people say, oh, I don't mind. Well, the fact is, is that no offense to the people, but it's not about them. It's about that dog. It's about that dog learning the appropriate manners around people. Um, it's about you making sure that your dog is set up for success. So you want to make sure that you've got to be prepared to let people know what the rules are of interacting with your puppy because it is your job to teach that puppy the appropriate manners. So if I have, you know, 
someone that is petting my dog and the dog's biting, I'm going to remove the dog from being petted because they don't know what to do when the puppy is biting. So it's my job to stop the behavior, interrupt that behavior, and remove the dog from the situation. Now, I can easily let my dog go right back to say hi, and then if it starts biting, redirect it again, which is a simple interruption, and then allow the dog to go back. So the dog starts to understand that, wow, every time I put my mouth on this person, the petting stops. I get removed. All right, what's the common denominator of me getting removed? Oh, it's the biting. So I'm going to try not biting and see if that will keep me there. Right, and so you're teaching the dog that biting on strangers, that makes the fun go away. You cannot count on that stranger to do the right thing. They have no idea. And they probably have bad dogs at home who jump on people and, you know, all those things. But you've got to make sure that you set your dog up for success. So many things that we can eliminate six, seven, eight-month-old dogs doing if we just start at eight, nine, ten weeks doing the right thing. Because cuteness wears off. I'm going to tell you, puppies are cute. But when they get a little bit older and they're still jumping and biting, it's no longer cute. That cuteness is gone. So you want to make sure that you're teaching your puppy directly, immediately. This is what I want to see from you whenever someone comes up to say hi. All right, so let's set up a scenario. I'm going to do a scenario of walking the puppy because for me, um, you know, if I'm in a big home improvement store, concrete floors, um, I'm letting my dog walk because I need my dog to learn how to walk in situations like that. I've already been working on walking at home um, right now. Our 11-week-old puppy, I could take to a big home improvement store and walk her off leash and keep her attention. Because we started immediately teaching what we want, right? Because, I mean, she's just soaking up everything right now. And we don't just use our walking commands for um, our, our big improvement store. We're using it here at home. So, but I, I digress. I get off topic. There's so many things I want to teach you guys. So be patient with me. I'll get right back here on track. Um, It's, you know... I like my dog to go ahead and be in those situations that they're going to be in when they get older. So with a big home improvement store, okay, I'm taking my dog in. We walk in. I am rewarding her through the entire process of going through the parking lot, walking past the big items at the front door, dealing with the doors that automatically open. I am probably already said good girl at least 80 times just from the car to the front door. That included maybe three or four treats. As soon as I get in, what do you see? You see a greeter. They come over. Oh, what a cute puppy. May I say hello? Absolutely. Isabella, greet. I allow her to go up and say hi to the person. I have her on that leash. Um, As she starts to being petted, I am good girl. What a good girl. Good girl, Isabella. Good job. That's a good girl. Good puppy. Good girl. And there may be three or four treats in that. If I see that she jumps up. What I do is I will absolutely gently, always gently, remove her either by the collar or gently stepping back with the leash. You can also just gently remove them by taking your hand under um, their legs at their chest area. Um, So it's like right under their legs when they're jumping. And just gently remove them back. Make them calm for a second and then give them permission to greet again. 
Okay, so if you do this, then the dog will start to learn that, okay, when I jump, I get removed. If I, got, if I keep four on the floor, I'm getting rewards from this stranger and from my mama. But I repeat the process over and over again because I know that that person has no idea how to ignore that jumping behavior. So it's my job to make sure I interrupt it. Now, I know sometimes it's a little hard when I'm explaining these techniques on the podcast. It's maybe hard to picture them. So please go to our Facebook page, which is dogspeak101.com. Go to our um, website. We have videos there as well. Um, we have done several videos with our service organization we work with, which is Retrieving Independence. That will show a lot of what we do with our greeting, our stepping back, that interruption, and how that process works. Because you want to make sure it's not a correction. Please understand, we're not correcting the puppy. We're simply interrupting the puppy so that it's not being rewarded for a behavior that we do not want to see in the future. So... I'll interrupt, but then I want to give the dog a chance to go back and change its behavior. And I'll probably have to interrupt several times. Um, And then once the petting is done, I don't necessarily even wait until that person is done. I just will watch my puppy to see if they're getting overwhelmed. And so maybe the whole process is only 20, 30 seconds. I'll then say, thank you so much. Let's go. And we start walking again. And I'm still verbally telling her what a good girl she is. I'm giving treats ever so often. And then the next person, I repeat the process. And I'll even, when I have people, it's really funny because I'll watch people walk by with their kids. And the, and you can see the kids are looking at the puppy and they're all excited. I'll actually ask them, would you like to say hello? And then I will give them permission. I'll give my pup permission. And that way I'm I'm getting as many people as I can to say hello to my puppy. Now when you are doing scenarios like this and you're working your pup, If you're going somewhere that it's that busy, you're going to want to keep that kind of training session or socialization session to probably 20 to 30 minutes. Uh, I wouldn't go too much longer than that. And you don't want to go take your puppy to socialize while you're shopping. You may want to run in for one item, but you're not there to get all the things for your garden that you need. You need to go in with the idea that you're going to walk around the store And you're going to allow your puppy to socialize and say hello to people. Um, If it takes a little bit more than 30 minutes and your pup's kind of tired but still okay, maybe you can put them in the basket. Maybe you can carry them and do a little bit more socialization. But you don't want to push it more than 45 minutes uh, with young puppies because you don't want them to end up having a negative association with that outing. With any outing, if you're socializing with people, be sure to not overwhelm your puppy. I would have one to two people at a time, two being the max, petting on your dog. If there are three or four children, do not let them all at once bombard your puppy. You need to allow one or two to say hi at first and then allow the others. Because if you get too many in there, it's very overwhelming for the puppy. And the last thing that you want is for your puppy to have a negative association with children. So... If there's a, you know, a family, just maybe have them one or two at a time say hello to the puppy. And if you recognize that your puppy is not a fan of having maybe their head petted, they don't like that hand over top of the head, then instruct people to pet your puppy on the side, the back, or even the chest area. 
Okay, don't allow them to pet the dog on top of the head when you know that your puppy doesn't like that because you're afraid to hurt their feelings. It is not about them. It is about the safety and the comfort of your puppy. And it's your responsibility. You have to be able to do this to set your pup up for socialization and for um, success. So be prepared that if you're maybe a little shy or a little bit of an introvert, you're going to have to get outside of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, and if you're not that comfortable, you probably need to hire somebody to do it or, you know, find some family members that will be willing to do it. Uh, don't isolate your dog just because that's where you're most comfortable because that's not that's not what your dog needs. Like I said, we can avoid a lot of problems if we just go ahead and start socializing our dog as soon as we get them. Let's say that you are out and you do run into an issue where your dog is not necessarily thrilled with saying hi to someone, do not force your dog to say hi. Do not force your dog to be petted by people. Do not force your dog to do anything that they're not comfortable with when it comes to socialization and exposure. You know, just tell people, well, he's a little tired, or no, he's in training, or whatever the case may be. Don't do it because you feel bad for the person. You know, if you handle all those situations correctly, your dog will grow up loving people and thinking that everyone should come and say hi. And that is a really good problem to have because, you know, if I have a dog who is afraid of people, that's a lot more difficult to deal with than a dog who wants to see everyone that walks by. Yes, it makes it for a little bit of a struggle if we're leash walking, especially in a busy area. But still, I'd rather have that as the problem because that's very easy to fix. But if you really become the main rewarder whenever they are seeing people, they'll realize that people cause you to praise and reward highly. Therefore, you're still the main rewarder, which is really what we want. Now, obviously, when you're out socializing and you're in public, you're also exposing the dog. But there may be times that you need to expose the dog without socialization. This exposure may be, uh, like I said, just being at a playground where children are screaming and running. And you could do this simply by sitting in the car or sitting by a park bench um, at a distance, not putting the dog right in the middle of chaos. When you want to expose the dog to chaos, always control the distance so that the chaos can't reach the puppy, but the puppy is aware of it. And make positive associations with that. Do some training, do some rewards, maybe put them around that chaos, say at a ball field or a soccer field and sit in the car with the windows down and so they can hear the chaos and maybe give them a stuffed Kong. And then when you leave, you take the Kong away and put it away. So they just, again, it's about associating positive things and making sure that the dog understands that what happens in life, that's just part of it. You know, there's a reason why city dogs are so much better than rural dogs because dogs that live on large properties live out in the country they don't get the exposure and so when they get taken into places that are a little rowdy a little loud they get freaked out whereas your urban dogs and your city dogs that are used to that exposure they're used to cars and car horns and loud noises and sirens and um, you know loud music and just different things then for them going to new places is not a big deal so just because if you, you know, if you do live out in the country and we do have a lot of rural areas through here, it doesn't mean that you should isolate your dog, you know, find those small areas, the small towns, the, 
you know, I'm not saying you have to go to the main metropolitan area to expose your dog, but you definitely need to get your dog used to different things and not just the peace and quiet of country living, especially if you are going to plan on taking your dog out and doing things, whether it's just being a part of the family, going on vacation, um, doing therapy work, you know, whatever the case may be. I just feel like that the more that you can expose to a dog and the more that you can socialize the dog, the more you're setting your dog up for success. And that will help prevent a lot of problems down the road because the lack of socialization with people it will cause fear reactivity and fear aggression. Your lack of exposure can easily knock confidence down on a dog. And when you lack confidence, then when the dog lacks confidence, then you'll get symptoms such as anxiety, fears, phobias. We can prevent all of this if we just start as a puppy and exposing them to things and not being afraid to get them out, not just keeping them at home in a crate or out in the backyard or, you know, just hanging out with us. You've got to get that dog out. And, you know, if you do that, then you're going to basically build an adult dog who can absolutely do and handle anything. And, and that is a priceless thing to have. So I'm really encouraging you to, you know, get outside your comfort zone, take your dog out, socialize uh, with, uh, with people, expose them to things, um, you know, reward while you're exposing. If you're, say you want to expose your dog to a dump truck or, hey, the UPS truck, um, start at a distance. Don't be right up next to the road. Start at a distance. Reward the dog. Lots of rewards. And when the dog is comfortable, take a few steps closer to that um, scary object. Reward the dog. And if the dog is comfortable there, move a couple of more steps. Maybe do a little bit of walking back and forth at a distance. Asking the dog to do some things or just giving the dog some rewards. And then not overdoing it because even with exposure, you don't want to overdo it. 30, 45 minutes. Go and do something fun or fun that has no scary object. Because even when there's a scary object, you still want to try to make things fun. It's all about making that positive experience. I think you're starting to see a little bit of a, a pattern about having everything positive and associating everything positive and making sure that you are controlling your dog's immediate environment, not allowing scary things to approach your dog, controlling who is saying hi to your dog and you know, who you're trying to avoid because maybe they're being too much. You know, I had our puppy out and I had a couple of kids come up and say hi to her. And I was holding her because at this point she was pretty tired of walking. And, you know, she was just ready to almost be done. And I had, you know, I wanted her to see some kids. And, and so we were rewarding. And then one kid came up and she wanted to hug her. Well, I'm holding the puppy and she wanted to hug her. And I just gently said, let's not hug. And, and the girl said, why not? I said, well, I'm not sure if she'd really like that. She said, well, can I give her a kiss? And I said, absolutely. And so I just controlled that interaction so that we didn't have a negative association with, you know, a child being up in the face and wanting to be up close and personal. And of course, at the same time, I'm a good girl. Good job, Isabella. That's a good puppy. Good girl. So, you know, make everything a positive association. Don't be afraid to tell people that maybe now is not the time to pet my dog or whatever the case may be. Don't be afraid because remember, that dog is counting on you 
to help it be successful. It's counting on you to keep it safe and it's counting on you to make sure that, um, you know, the expectations are set in those environments. So you have a lot of responsibility with a puppy. It's not just all cuteness and puppy kisses and puppy breath. You have a lot of responsibility and there's a lot of work that you need to do the first couple of months, especially that first month if you have an eight-week-old dog. Now, for those that have older dogs that may have not been socialized, we will be covering that in a later podcast about dealing with the lack of socialization. But here I want to talk about how to avoid all those problems. So get your dog out, socialize with people, expose it to different things, different sounds, different smells, find some patios to hang out on and, you know, prepare your dog for the real world. So we're going to take a quick break and then we come back, we're going to talk about socializing with other dogs. Um, as well as other animals. Welcome back. So let's talk about socializing your puppy with other dogs. So many times you can find puppy classes to where dogs or puppies come together to play, but I'm really a big proponent of getting my puppy around adult dogs. Having puppy play is great if you have um, someone there that is very knowledgeable on dog interaction and communication skills so that the puppies can learn to be respectful. However, if you have a group there or an instructor there that doesn't understand dog communication and how dogs interact, they can actually make things worse by allowing the puppy to get away with poor behavior and disrespectful behavior. So having adult dogs, though, a lot of times the adult dogs will do the correction that is needed so that they learn that there's appropriate behavior during play and inappropriate behavior during play. So, you know, when you socialize, you just want to make sure that you find um, adult dogs with good skills. And that can be sometimes a little bit of a challenge. But if you really start talking and, and, and going around and, and discussing this with some of your friends and maybe watching their dogs play, or find a good dog daycare that allows puppies to come in to play with other puppies, but with adults as well. So let's talk about the importance of dog socialization. Yes, it helps them learn how to be dogs, but what does that really mean? Well, dogs are born with the ability to handle conflict and confrontation. They use what we call calming signals or communication skills. And they're born with this ability and they will practice it through their litter mates as well as during the weaning process and playing with the mother. But when they get in the home, they tend to try to use these calming signals or communication skills, but because the humans don't understand what they're seeing, they tend to be disrespected. And when that happens, dogs learn to be more reactive instead of responsive when dealing with confrontation. So to help you know, a puppy learn that those skills work, obviously the first thing we need to do is educate the owners. And we will actually have a podcast about it. And we do have online classes and online courses for our communication seminar, as it is our most popular seminar that we do in person and online. You can find that information on our website. But, you know, by practicing and and interacting with adult dogs, they get an opportunity to see what works and what doesn't work. And that's how they learn how to handle conflict and confrontation. And when dogs know how to handle those things, their confidence stays up because they're not afraid to get into a situation that they can't control. And so that's where the socialization is crucial. And it basically is about 
being a dog, which means handling conflict and confrontation. But you've got to find the right dogs to play with so that their signals can be respected. And, you know, as a human, you need to learn what these are. Um, and I just to throw a couple out there, when dogs are uncomfortable, they will turn their head. They will ignore you. They will yawn, do a quick lick, which is a quick flicker of the tongue. They may turn their body away from you. They may start sniffing the ground. So think about the last time you maybe yelled at your puppy to come in the house. The louder you got, the slower your dog got. And that's because they're handling that conflict. They're not trying to be disobedient. They're just handling a conflict. And handling conflict and confrontation is the most important thing in a dog's life. Not obedience. Obedience is our thing. But handling confrontation is so important to them because that is basic survival mode. If you can't handle conflict and confrontation within a pack, your pack can die out. And so they must handle that, and that is what they will use. But they must continue practicing, not only from a young puppy age, but just through their adulthood. You know, with our puppy, we've had her now for about three weeks. Uh, she's about to be 12 weeks. Our adult dogs really don't want anything to do with her. They have been correcting her for rudeness and some of that, but we've had to find some other dogs that are willing to play with her so she learns how to play appropriately, how to be respectful of those signals that are a lot more passive than, say, our less passive signals like a growl or a snarl or even a snap. And please know that those behaviors are acceptable. There's plenty of time that those behaviors should be used and your dog should not be punished for using those. But see, I get off track on that because to me, communication is so, so important. Maybe we'll talk about it the next episode. Uh, matter of fact, I do think that's what we're going to do for the next episode is talk a little bit about dog communication. But, you know, make sure that your dog has some good dog friends and not just the ones in your house. Okay, you may have three or four dogs in your home, but that's still not enough because your dog needs to learn how to play with the dog who wants to play rough. She needs to learn how to play with the dog who doesn't want to play so rough. She needs to learn how to be around dogs that are a little less confident, dogs that are maybe bullies on how to handle those. She needs to be around the shy dogs, the nervous dogs, the outgoing dogs. Just like your kids need to be around children of different personalities, your dog needs to be around dogs of different personalities. And if you're uncomfortable doing that, like I said, find a daycare that you can trust and that their staff is trained to help socialize your dog. Do not wait until the dog is four, five, six months old to do this. Just like we talked about, you know, socializing with people, there are safe ways before your dog gets all his vaccines to socialize with other dogs. When I had my facility and I was one of the first daycares in the Tennessee area, I took puppies absolutely because I knew that I had one of the safest places for my pup to socialize. Um, because I, it was clean, it was sanitized, all the dogs coming in were healthy. And, you know, so if I was going to have a puppy that was going to socialize, this was the safest place to do it. And I encourage my daycares that I train and set up, I encourage them to take puppies because not everybody does that. And if you have the space and you've got the staff for it, one, you're going to get a lifelong client, but the second, it's just you're going to prevent so many problems if you can get a dog in there, a puppy in there to start socializing and learning all the behavior that it needs to be a very well-rounded, well-respectful 
and well-respected dog as an adult. So that's socializing with dogs, but what do we do about some other animals? Well, I know there are many homes that have cats. We actually have three cats ourselves, so um, we really want the dog to be socialized with cats, and we do the same thing. We teach the puppy how to be respectful around the cats. Our cats are used to dogs, so it makes it easy. But it's about lots of reward and, and rewarding the dog for doing the right things around the cat and interrupting behavior that might be inappropriate. Say if the dog is playing too rough with the cat, then I just do a very simple that's enough with a redirect. But lots of praise when she is being respectful with the cats. The other thing that I make sure to do is find other animals like horses. If I see a field of horses, maybe get my dog out and just walk along the fence line or stop in the car and let the dog see the horse or a a field full of cows. It's just about really getting your puppy exposed to absolutely everything that it could possibly come in contact with later on. Um, Today, we actually took our pup to one of the big home improvement stores and she loves everybody. And she's about 12 weeks. She loves everybody. However, children from the age of two to about four to five makes her nervous. And even though she's met just a couple of them these past few weeks, we need to do a better job at getting her around those ages because that's something that makes her nervous. And you know, when you're able to socialize on a regular basis, you're able to start seeing things like this. You know, if I see that she starts growling at horses, then I need to make a point to maybe get somewhere where there are horses available or goats or whatever the case may be. It's, it's making sure that you're aware of what makes your dog nervous and get them exposed to that more often, but in a safe way. All right, so get your dog out, socialize with other dogs, people, cats, horses, goats, um, absolutely anything that you need to find out there. And then, of course, we need to get the dog out to expose to our loud noises and dump trucks and chainsaws and, um, you know, material that's being used to build a home. I mean, that can be very loud. And those are great opportunities to start working your dog and just teaching them this is a part of life and it's really not that big of a deal. So now that you know what to do, you need to get out and do it. Make sure that you keep your puppy safe. If you're dealing with hot weather, be sure you carry your water and leash, collar, treats. Be prepared for anything. If you're going to go hang out somewhere, be sure that you take something yummy for your puppy to chew on. Make sure there's maybe even a some type of mat that the dog can lay on to rest. Maybe a cooling mat if it's really hot. Just be smart when you go out. Maybe keep your trips a little short. But get out, socialize. Maybe throw a puppy party, have people come over, bring some adult dogs. They can socialize with people and socialize with other dogs. And if you have a cat, great. If not, maybe find a friend with some cats that are friendly and outgoing. Or even take them to the pet store where maybe some cats are up for adoption that they can at least see just through the window. So you've got a lot to do with your puppy. You've got a lot to uh, that, that needs to happen to make sure that your puppy plays, you know, safe and learns to deal with life and deal with all the things that they may come in contact with later on. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, our next episode will be out next week, and we are going to talk a little bit about dog communication. Typically, that seminar is 
done with about 75 different videos. So we're just going to have to talk about it. But then you can maybe go look at some fun dog videos online and see if you can see some dog communication as well as watch your own dog with communication. So have a great week, Dog Speak Geeks, and I'll see you next week.